Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari, A Brief History of Humankind. I've talked about this book a couple of times on the podcast, mainly that I wasn't able to fucking finish it, but actually, I have now, so here is my review, let's get right to it. So this book is 100... What fuck, I can't, apparently I can't read a number. It's 466 pages long. It is a, what does it say? The million copy bestseller. And the reason I got this book, because I saw it recommended from a bunch of famous and successful people. So I thought I might as well check it out. Um, so here's what the book is about. And I'll read the back page to give you a good impression of it. Fire gave us power. Farming made us hungry for more. Money gave us purpose. Science made us deadly. This is a thrilling account of our extraordinary history, from insignificant apes to rulers of the world. Now, I already touched upon that this book is pretty famous and is recommended a bunch. Now, here's some praises that the book's got. Uh, it's written on the book. And here's some of the famous people which uh, praise the book. So, first of all, all Bill Gates. I would recommend Sapiens to anyone who's interested in the history and future of our species. Then we also have Barack Obama. Interesting and provocative. Gives you a sense of perspective on how briefly we've been on this earth. And then there's some other praises by people I've never fucking heard of before. Like, and then there's a Chris Everance from BBC Radio 2. It's not even BBC 1. So, yeah, this book is quite popular. Now... If you didn't catch it before, this book details the history of humankind. And it's, a, it's from the perspective of world history. This does not focus on a specific country, which I thought was quite interesting. Because depending on what country you live in, your history is very centered on that country. So if you live in America, you'll have US history. Although you do have world history in America, which you do not have in Germany. Then uh, in Germany, where I live at the moment. Uh, we just have normal history and most of it it's German history and a lot of it's Holocaust so you don't really get a perspective of you know what actually happened around the world during many times and it also covers like things like the Ice Age Stone Age which you never really hear anything about and it goes all the way until the future and it talks about well it raises some interesting questions about our future and I'm going to read some excerpts at the end of this so Here's how the books develops content-wise. So it starts off talking about the cognitive evolution. Now I believe this is how we developed from apes into humans, but I can't say for sure. <laughs> it, it took me so many, let's say probably three months to read this book, but I'm pretty sure this, this details our first development from developing from apes into humans and our, our first human years. Then the next part is the agricultural revolution. Now that is quite interesting. And it, what I, what I found really interesting about this was that the agricultural revolution was not portrayed as something amazing, like a step into the future. This is a great development for our species, but it more displayed it as a negative development which only brought negative effects for the people at the time. So it's really, it's a different perspective. And it's, this book takes a lot of uncommon views I hadn't heard of before. 
Then part three is the unification of humankind. So this talks about religion, success, perhaps also globalization. I'm not that sure anymore. <laughs> then the fourth part is the scientific revolution, and that talks about our very recent years and also about the future. And that was very interesting and very cool. So it basically, to sum it all up, because I cannot re read the chapter and remember exactly what it talked about in that chapter. It talks about the whole broad of humankind at different stages in their development from our starting, for our development when it started, from that we weren't also the only humans, but they were also Neanderthals and different, perhaps I think it was genus of humans, different kinds of humans. Then how the agricultural revolution starts, then how we globalization happened and the industrialization happened. Then we found science. So it says, it's about what the cover says. It's brief history or human kind. Now, let me get right to my rating of this book. Since this is a personal development channel and I want to tell you or give you my impression of what I, how valuable I think is this book to you. So I gave this book a 7 out of 10. Why? Well, first of all, 7 out of 10 isn't low. It's like a high, high medium. It's medium high. It's not super great, but it's not super low. Now, here's the criteria I used. I, I just realized I wrote criteria completely wrong with a K. And the criteria I, uh, I used was how long was the book? How fun was it to read? What knowledge could I gain from it? General knowledge. How practical was the knowledge? So from a personal development perspective, what practical, applicable things that I learned from this book that it increased my understanding of something. So let's say I read a book about fishing and after I read the book, I don't understand fishing better than I did before. How to fish, uh, why, do, why people fish, the methods, which is basically the first thing as a former and I don't understand it better after having read that book that was a shite book and then how good were the explanations that even everyone like a dummy like me can understand now here's why I give it a 7 out of 10 it, it, the reason it's not a, a 9 or 10 out of 10 is because it's it has absolutely zero info that will really help your personal development minds there's no techniques or tactics how to really become happier or better as a person. Now it has some, it makes you ask some provocative questions and makes you think about your life, how we are about your reality you're living in, the world you're living in. It asks, it really um, brings up some thought provoking questions. I'm trying so hard not to burp right now. What the fuck? <laughs> so it's good in that respect, but it doesn't have any practical techniques like which would be contrary to perhaps some of the Kriya books or Kriya Yoga books or Deep Work, 12 Rules for Life. I'm just kind of, I'm just reading reading all the book titles. I have a bunch of books on my shelf over there, which probably half of them I haven't read yet. 
they have applicable things you can do. Oh, do this to develop a happier life, a better mindset. Do this to get this. It's very goal-oriented, while this is just a book that's filled with interesting facts. Now, and that's I think that's a very cool thing about the book, it's filled with interesting facts you can brag about to your friends. Now, since one of my insecurities was always, oh, what if I'm not as smart as my friends? Uh, I kind of became a douche. Don't do this, guys. Don't, don't brag. You're being silly. So, I was being silly, and I always like to... Oh, oh, you know... Uh, as we're talking about our lunch, you know who also ate lunch? The ancient Egyptians. And let me tell you something about those ancient Egyptians. And I found out a lot of interesting things in that book, which I wasn't aware of before. Like these, I feel it was Inca people. Uh, if you read this book and you're like, it wasn't Inca, it was the Bravuslas who invented the first proper language. All right. Probably. I believe it was Inca people who communicated over tying knots into strings. And I believe when they were invaded after, what about Columbus? Columbus came, I believe these Inca people were in uh, where now the United States is. And they actually adapted some of that language until they kind of got rid of it because it's a liability. If you don't understand what the people are saying and they could kind of start doing things or planning things behind your back now i believe some people in the in some arabic countries came up with math and it talks about like the world travel and you could see a comparison side by side between one of columbus ships and one of the chinese emperor's ships and the chinese emperor's ships ship was so astonishingly massive like it's it it's hard to fathom how much bigger that ship was that was crazy and it has a bunch of very interesting facts like this things you didn't know before that's not only trivial stuff some of them uh, is more meaningful when it starts talking about well, what is our financial system based on why is money worth anything or is it actually even worth anything is it only a fiction of our mind different all our government systems and and companies all that all these things are all fictitious all and these are all ideas that you've perhaps heard before but it's great to hear them formulated in this very great way so it, it kind of makes you makes you rethink things. Uh, you're already somewhat new before, but you didn't quite realize it. So it talks about the economy, and then it talks about the scenario. I'm trying. I'm just trying to justify. I remembered something. It was filled to the brim with information with information and facts the whole 466 pages by the way your memory works i'm trying to justify why i'm being such a fucking dumbass and i can't remember everything my heart uh, is it's very it's situational i'm sure i'll remember more shit when it comes up
but this is kind of what I'm trying to get at the top of my head. Now it gives you a better understanding of the world, how it developed. I just touched upon that. Now another negative. It took a bit long for me to read. Now this is a totally per- a personal. Well, the whole thing is a personal rating. Uh, it's a very. It's called a pet peeve. No, that's not the wrong term. I like things to be more short because I am someone that likes a lot of variety. Now, if you tell that my parents that I am someone that loves change, they would last their ass off because I hate leaving my fucking room. But I like ch- I like I like change on a micro level and then on a macro level. I don't feel like going out and doing something exciting. Let's go to Disneyland. No, I want to stay home. Fuck you. But I wouldn't mind. I would wake up in my room layout of change. I'm like, huh, that's pretty interesting. Like maybe, perhaps, no. Suddenly, my table is in front of my door. I can't leave the fucking house. Well, obviously, that would be shite. But I enjoy change. I also enjoy going to other countries. Not necessarily in holiday, but I would. I would always enjoy actually moving to another country and experiencing the people and the culture there. And the same thing kind of goes for books. If I read a book, if it's so long, I get bored in between, and that's why it takes me so long to read a book, because I'll have spouts of productivity where I read a lot, and then I don't, because some part gets boring, and then instead of skipping that boring part, which is honestly the smarter thing to do, there's no point in reading something that bores you so much that by the end of it, you already, you didn't even remember it, you just wasted your time. Now. Some people might criticize this, like, "Oh man, you're just gonna give up." It's not about giving up. If this is something you really want to achieve, I really want to learn how to stick a pineapple up my ass, and you're reading a book on it. Well, yeah, if you skip the the passage about sticking a pineapple up your ass, you know, you're being a lazy fuck. You give up. You gave up. But if you don't care about sticking a pineapple up your ass, why read that chapter if you're gonna forget anyway? So either this is just me not being dedicated enough, and that's why I'm complaining about this book being too long, or it was just a little bit too long. But all in all, it, I felt this book uh, had was filled. I'm repeating myself. This book did not have many boring passages. This book was filled with knowledge. Every page, there's not no page wasted your time. That's what I'm getting at here. So you don't have to worry that you're going to get this book, and then there's going to be some pages talking about how to stick a pineapple up your ass. Like I don't buy this book for this shit. Why is he talking about this now? That's not how it is. It's interesting. It's the nature of. Those things are some things will interest you more, some things will interest you less. Now, another big positive about this book is that it gets you to ask thought-provoking questions about your current life, about how the world currently is, and about where our future is going to head. All right, that was good. I'm gonna drink something more. So he talks about. Uh, biological engineering—that's proper term. He talks about singularity. He talks about 
cyborgs. And this is only in the last few pages, but I thought that was really... It made me think about things in a new way. Now, listening to Joe Rogan podcast, I have heard things. I, I've heard he has had people on who work in the fields of uh, an age field in the field of extending people's lifetime, and they say, "Yeah, maybe, maybe in our lifetime, we will be able to make immortal humans." But reading this in the book again, and talking about how this will change and actually impact the world the options we have we will basically be a god and that's easy to say but really when you really think about it when you read the book it becomes you get a totally different impression of it but it's also honest he's not he's also says the prediction predictions about our future have almost always been wrong so maybe these predictions that the singularity and other things will develop in these certain ways are also wrong but we won't know until we're actually there. So he's honest about that as well. And I thought uh, Yuval Noah Harari gave a very nuanced and multi-sided, well-thought-through perspective on everything he talked about. He did not just say something like I and most people do, which we kind of maybe thought about for a little bit, but we're not sure. No, he really thought about these topics and he really... Gives you different perspectives you normally wouldn't hear. And he's not scared of saying truth about him. He's completely honest. And this comes all the way to when he talks about gender differences, inequality. He's very honest opinions, but also quite logical and reasonable opinion. So let me read you some excerpts from this book, which I thought were quite notable to me which really was stuck with me there were more than this but these one these are the ones which i really remembered to marked and which might be of some value to the listener and perhaps this will give you a quick uh, look into what the book's like how he writes what kind of style he writes in what kind of content you can expect so in this chapter He's not necessarily talking about happiness. He has another chapter that only talks about happiness, which was really interesting. But here he talks about, this is, I believe this is a chapter where he also talks about the agricultural revolution, which he calls the history's biggest fraud. And he's explaining why an easier life doesn't mean, or the pursuit of our easier life doesn't mean a better life. So let me leave this excerpt. The pursuit of an easier life resulted in much hardship, and not for the last time. It happens to us today. How many young college graduates have taken demanding jobs in high-powered firms, vowing that we will work hard to earn money that will enable them to retire and pursue their real interests when they are 35? But by the time they reach that age, they have large mortgages, children to school, Houses in the suburbs that necessitate at least two cars per family, and a sense that life is not worth living without really good wine and expensive holidays abroad. What are they supposed to do? Go back to digging up roots? No, they double their efforts and keep slaving away. 
One of history's three iron laws is that luxuries tend to become necessities and to spawn new obligations. Once people get used to a certain luxury, they take it for granted, and they begin to count on it. Finally, they reach the point where they can't live without it. I thought this excerpt was notable because because I'm finished with school soon, and I have to really think about what I want to do in my future, what I want to do with my life. And I do have the impression that many people think, "Oh, I'm just going to take the most high-paying job because that will make me happy." But I think really having free time in your life is the most important factor. And this really made me realize this again. Many people perhaps think, "Oh, I'm just going to take this job for a certain amount of time, get get a lot, get a lot of money, and go out of it." But many people often Focus too much on acquiring new things, getting more luxuries, and then are stuck in this job, and they're stuck in this vicious cycle, and they're now living a life that they really don't want to. Now, this next excerpt has to do with money, and this also hit me. In medieval Europe, aristocrats spent their money carelessly on extra extravagant luxuries. Whereas peasants lived frugally, mining every penny. Today the tables have turned. The rich take great care of managing their assets and investments, while the less well-heeled go into debt buying cars and televisions they don't really need. The capitalist and consumerist ethics are two sides of the same coin: a merger of two commandments. The supreme commandment of the rich is invest. The supreme commandment of the rest of us is buy. I also thought this was very notable, and it says something that's already clear to most of us. But that having formulated, having it formulated in this way, really made me think about it again. That we are so much, so influenced by our capitalist society, and I don't want to <laughs> sound so、uh, dorky, but we are so influenced by our. Consumerism, or capitalist society, and all the advertisements, everything you see. I'm sure you've heard this a bajillion times from other people, but it's true that we always think to be happy you need more stuff. And I totally belong in this category. I feel like less than most people, but I still buy shit, dumb shit, all the time. And I have the impression the biggest happiness I get from buying dumb shit is when I press that buy button. On Amazon, or the minute I open the package, as soon as I open it, I'm like, ah, yeah, okay, cool. Imagine if things actually gave you joy. Everyone would be super blissful by now, because if it would just add up, well, I got a cup, that's plus five happiness points. I got a car, that's like at least two hundred. Then I got a house, that's six hundred. Well, I got I got this really cool new chair, so that's that's like fifty new, and a new television that's one hundred and fifty. You'd be blissful. No, it, you always set back to a certain point, and no amount of buying shit will get you further than that. Now, if you're really poor, of course money will make you a bit happier, but it's always only to a certain extent. At some point, you will. It won't make you any happier. If you don't believe me, get a game. If you're really addicted to a game,、uh, you'll want to spend money on it. 
Like, oh, I, I just want this one skin in this game. It's so cool. And then when you finally buy the skin, 10 minutes later, or a day, latest a week later, that skin is totally normal to you. It's nothing special to you anymore. You couldn't give less of a shit if you have a skin and you don't feel any better playing that game than you did before. And that exact same principle applies to your life. Now, of course, reading that book, everyone thinks different things are valuable. Different things uh, resonate differently with different people. <laughs> but I hope that gave you a good impression of the book. This is my review. 7 out of 10 on a decent book filled with interesting facts and knowledge. Brings up thought-provoking questions. Doesn't have any practical actions you can act upon to make your life better but that's not necessary in every book i enjoyed it it was a bit too long i'm really looking forward to reading some other books right now thank you very much for listening to this episode i've really been slacking on my uploads but my kriya yoga practice has been going really well maybe that's something i will make a podcast about in the future since i do have an amazing book on it then again, check out the Informationalize.org channel. I'm not affiliated with anyone or anything. If you want to sponsor me, go ahead. I, I would be very happy about any kind of sponsorship. I don't need it though. I do this for the most part for just because I fucking enjoy doing it. And that's all I have to say. I will try if I can link the, a link to the book in the description. It doesn't always work as easily, so I'll have to try. And I will for sure try and link the author's website in the description. If you want to check it out, do it. I'm not affiliated with him, as I have said just five fucking seconds ago. And thank you for listening. I shall see you in the next episode.